Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Gonna be honest, don't really know what I'm doing. He was often a player that I would buy on Football Manager. That's it's already a terrible reason. From Jon Snow, Matt puts Dan's wardrobe to shame. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Look at him, the cat that got the cream. Ian Tyler said it was the worst thing he'd ever seen in his life. My theory on referees is you give them the nicest changing room in the stadium. It's just the most bizarre oh, thing right. I've ever Hear me out, hear me out. I, I cannot believe Gabby Abondahor's you. That's crazy, That's isn't terrible. it? That's terrible. Yeah, we may well have lost listeners early doors again with a long, long-winded intro. Go, shoot. Hello, welcome to the Villa View podcast. I did get the episode number wrong last week, but that's because Tom, who insisted that his notes are always correct, had the wrong episode number in his notes. Yeah. Any if, defense of that? If if you know one thing about me, it's that the notes can never be trusted, no. as as was uh, proven by the squad numbers game. The person can never be trusted. No. Also, because... I forgot the camera. <laughs> Luckily, Tom had his camera with him. We seem to have a more astute camera angle for those watching via YouTube. It's a bit closer, so some of you may not enjoy that. Scenes not suitable for children. <laughs> but it does, I think it looks a bit better. Um, it's very much the international break here at the Villa View podcast, isn't it? We, we, we've had a shocker, haven't we, all round? We're a bit later tonight. It's nine o'clock. Yeah, due to, due to plans from, from my side. So sorry about that. But Apology accepted. There's an awful lot to talk about. Uh, not all of it good. Yeah. In fact, most of it not good. Yeah, we're quite burnt out as well from the weekend as well, aren't we? Just like, A lot of content over the weekend. Emotionally. Um, yeah. Thank you to, to everyone who's watched the content from the weekend obviously you still can on youtube um a lot of positive comments which is really really nice um thank you for that and thank you for supporting the channel that's that kind of trip came out of a bit of mug sales didn't it yeah, yeah. um so thank you to everyone that bought a mug and, and we hope you enjoyed the content we're looking to do more stuff like that so stay tuned hope you enjoy your mugs yeah true. as well yeah you've been enjoying yours very much so it's a work yeah. I forgot it today. Uh, you surprised me, Tom. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Well, let's talk about Saturday if we have to. Uh, Sheffield United. Sorry, before we go into football, I've just noticed that you brought in a salad with you. Yeah. Over there, when, you, when you're planning to eat that during the podcast. <laughs> Maybe. What, what, you, what have you brought that with you? Well, because I bought it after work. It's a uh, reduced one. Yeah, so it saves Greek money salad. for lunch tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but I had to get the camera out. And it was uh, sitting on top sorry. of the camera. Yeah, well, I knew it would come back to be a <laughs> uh, Right, Sheffield United 4, Aston Villa 1, a torrid time at Bramall Lane. Um, where do you want to start with, with the weekend's game? I mean, I feel like I've exhausted all my opinions, to be honest, on the Sheffield United game. It, not good. Yeah. Not good at all. As I said at the time in the videos, probably, I think that's the worst I can remember having seen us play live. I was going to say, actually, Given it 48 hours on or so, has has your opinion on that changed at all? Not really. I watched the highlights and actually they had more chances than I even remembered. Mm. Having looked at the highlights, sometimes, like previously I've seen Villa play bad, but they might play badly because they've been so terrible going forward and draw nil-nil. Like I remember a couple of games against Sunderland at Villa Park under Lambert, which were horrific, mm. but we drew nil-nil. Not only were we terrible going forward, we were horrific at the back. As well, so when you got the two added together, that that to me adds up to the worst performance I've ever seen. 
Yeah, I already checked the, the reverb. Don't yeah. worry about that. Um, I tell everyone what I'm doing. <laughs> you always call me out for things. It's about time I got you. Um, I had a conversation with my father last night, who is not a Villa fan, but a just a football fan, big, England fan, big big England fan, big football fan generally. And he he doesn't obviously watch Villa as closely. And he was just like, "But who else are you going to get in, Bruce?" What, what Bruce is working with, he's doing doing his best and all this stuff. It got me quite angry because, one, he didn't have to endure what we did on Saturday. And two, we've been on this, it feels like we've been on this merry-go-round before where, uh, and we'll come on to Bruce's comments after the game, but we've, the, the, pain that Villa fans had to endure on, on Saturday was, was horrible. And, I don't think an ex- I don't think could you get anyone better in is an excuse at this point because I think anybody could have done that job on Saturday and it wouldn't have been as bad as it was. Could you have done it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think by putting the pe- right people in the right places. Yeah, that's annoying me. And the position stuff is annoying me. There, there's a lot of people that have said it on Twitter. Obviously, we're not in the changing room. We don't know this kind of thing. But it felt like there was a change in atmosphere and um, the players didn't. They just looked a bit out of sorts. You're saying that you could do a better job, but yet you've gone and admitted in the video that you saw a problem with the wall. Yeah. You were right by Nealand, and you didn't advise him? You, I didn't, you didn't say anything? So for the for the third goal, I think it was Ollie Norwell's free kick. Norwood, you kept calling Nor- him Norwell. Did I call him Norwell yeah, before? Mr Norwell's a character in The Snowman in Elf. You kept calling <laughs> him Norwell. <laughs> Sorry. It's Norwood. I noticed that you did that in a car, but I didn't correct you. Did you? Yeah, oh. I let you off. Ollie Norwood. Ollie Norwood, uh, Northern Ireland International. Apologies. Um, anyway, he's been promoted in the last two seasons with different teams, and now he's obviously at another. Wow. So to put all your money on Sheffield United to go up. Wow, that'd be amazing. Don't put it? all your money. <laughs> yeah. It might, might take that seriously. But if you fancy a flutter, I'd say that's a good bet. That's interesting. That's nice little Brighton tidbit, and then. Fulham. Nice. Yeah, thanks. Oh, but. Oh, so not so it's not like he went up in League One and then went to a different no, no, team and went up to the last, uh, League One. Uh, the last six teams that have been promoted from the Championship, he's been in two of them. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Good, good stuff. Yeah. Um, you haven't got that on your notes, have you? No, I definitely haven't. Anyway, for, for that goal, I was we were right behind the goal um, and and the, the free kicks there. There was one man in the wall and I just kind of looked and I was just like, I bet that ball could get through there. But I thought Norwood was going to come over the top and I didn't think it would be anything to worry about. Turns out it was a colossal failure. Went round the wall. Uh, Nealon pushes it into into his own goal um, and it's a bit of a disaster. A right footer should never, ever be scoring from there. Agreed. Ever. Yeah. You can forgive a left, like a left-footed in-swinger that goes in on the back post that misses everyone, but... Mm. For a right footer to score from the near post there, it must have been a horrible wall and horrible positioning. Did you see Nealon's tweet after the game? Yeah, I mean, he's just coming out and apologising, isn't he? I'm uh, not sure how many other players came out and apologised. No, but I, it still didn't quite hit the right note for me. Like he would apo- you rather he said nothing? No, I would, I would have rather he just apologised and then stopped. He, he kind of apologised for one goal, whereas actually I think he had a, probably a hand in at least three. I mean, he did make some saves as well to get the score down, to give him some due. At 4-0 down. Yeah, no, I'm just saying the score could have been worse. But, yeah, I, I, I don't want to get back into the Nealon bashing because it, it, it appears to me in my own head that I am starting to get on him. You're a goalkeeper hater. I'm not, I'm no, not. No. I was a big fan of Johnston and, and, and a big fan of Steer. I wanted to see Steer play. And when Nealon came in... From the very off, I was a bit concerned by it. So far, he's made a couple of amazing saves, but made some clangers as well. Um, and I'm I'm hoping that that he needs a bit of time to, to settle in and get comfortable. But at the moment, I haven't seen anything that that tells me he's gonna he's gonna get comfortable. Do you think he's in in your eyes? Is he a negative equator? So he's cost us more points than he saved us. Would uh, you say so far? That's an interesting question. Oh, I'd. No, probably not, because he has saved some really important saves when when we've been at one all or winning or, or something like that. So so he's made more points, whereas the saves he made, or I guess he cost us maybe a point or three points, but he wasn't the only problem yesterday yeah, I mean, on Saturday. I mean, to be fair, the first goal, he doesn't like... He struggled with coming off his line a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I think that so. it was quite... It was on the writing thing and the header was in the six-yard box. Johnston would have claimed that, I think. I don't I think don't he would have got that far. Johnston was very liked to come out and punch, didn't yeah. he? So possibly he could have come out and got the first one. I, mean, I don't want a witch hunt. No. Hey, the second one Agreed. was once the guy's gone past McGinn, 
no one seemed to want to close him down. And I think someone said to me, Aston said to me, that it took a deflection the second one because we thought that he was a bit weak for the second one at the time yeah. behind because we were behind the goal. But maybe that was a bit harsh. Third one is Just undoubtedly his fault. To talk about that a second, there was several times where uh, Sheffield United players ran through the Villa midfield and, and defence there yeah. and and we kind of backed off or followed the man and just let whoever it was at each time kind of take the ball forward This is what I'm saying about not playing a designated defensive midfielder because we're playing with a defensive midfielder yet once, um, I can't remember the guy's name that went, that went through and scored has gone past McGinn Where's Whelan? Yeah. I like Whelan, but where where is he? Mm. He's certainly not in front of the back four. And the back four that seemed to resist resist coming out of position. They wanted to keep their keep their line and try and not not, not let them come in, come into the area. But at some point someone had to make a move to close down from the defence and no one did. Yeah. And he scored. Third goal is undoubtedly Needland's fault. Fourth, bit of a rushed throw out, but again a lot's developed. Since then, I didn't think Hutton and Yedinak covered themselves in glory for that goal, and then Chester's got turned as well. We said in the videos that when Chester's had an uncomfortable day and he looked uncomfortable, you know there's something wrong with the defence because he just looked completely ruffled. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. You're totally right. The, 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 the whole defensive unit looked out of sorts on, on Saturday. So I, I am also aware that I'm... I'm slagging Neyland a little bit off there I don't mean to and I hope that he gets better and better and I want to fill him with confidence and next time I'm back at Villa Park or wherever I'll be cheering him on and hoping he does the best I will say I did think obviously you'll know from the videos people who are listening and watching will know from the videos or kicking them under the table will know that the fans turned on Bruce but I must say actually I didn't hear Neyland get too much stick well there was ironic cheers when he, when he caught yeah, simple balls like that. that's, like that's that. what I'm saying I, I, I wouldn't do that and but at the same time, I can understand why that's starting to happen. There's, I mean, it happened in his first game, to be honest. That right. happened in his first game, which wasn't good. That's hard. That doesn't send out a very good message. At Wigan? Yeah, it happened in the first game. I, I heard it. Right. After him, I mean, it wasn't even his mistake. Yeah. To be fair, in that first game, it was Yednax. Oh, yeah, that was, that was embarrassing. Yeah. What did, you, what did you make of the... Like, I understand why people were chanting Bruce out and that the away fans spend a lot of money and they were f- visibly frustrated and rightly so because it was terrible, yeah. as I say. But I've never been one that thinks that that kind of chanting during a game is helpful. And I saw someone else commented in the YouTube comment saying basically the same thing. What do you think of that? I don't know why I've decided that I'm the asking a question. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've thrown, the, <laughs> thrown the thing on its head. Um, I don't do it. No, but well, we didn't do it, did we? No, but I... I respect those that want to do it because um, they they take a they take a shareholding essentially in the club. They they buy the tickets, they pay their money. It's all cliche. You you got a season ticket. You you want to make a use your voice. You want to uh, make your opinions heard. And it's not one person. It's a collective. And there was a couple of people in front of us who were uh, disagreeing quite vehemently with that attitude. But oh yeah, the one guy really was, wasn't he? He was. I, and he he talked to us and he wasn't a total fan of Bruce but he didn't agree that that was the way that it was done I've never liked it during the game but though you can't, can, I can see that the fact when you're 4-0 down the game is over you ain't going back in anywhere yeah. so from that point of view if people have got those strong opinions I can understand it yeah I <sighs> I just think it's an interesting I, yeah I, I don't really know because I, I I think it's I think if you want to do it then that's your right to do it it's not what I would do and I don't think it's necessarily helpful for the team but like you say at 4-0 down the game's done and and we spoke about it at half time and you said I'm surprised they haven't turned yet I did think it would be more and and then it did yeah I still don't think it was a majority right I would say I'd say maybe it was 50-50 yeah it was close yeah, for, I mean apparently down the other end from where we were sitting there was a lot of trouble I've seen a video of a puncher yeah. in the away end, which is never great. And obviously, we were we spoke to the stewards on our way out because we were there later than the most Villa fans, and they said that Villa fans are the worst away fans. Yeah, United you know, which it's not great. It doesn't portray the club in a in a good light, and I don't, I don't like that because many of the people that go away from home are the I would class as the proper hardcore fans that dedicate their life to to following Villa. Obviously, we're not in a position to be able to do that. And I know I can't get away with. Every away and every home. I'm lucky to be getting away with every home. If I can, living in London. If, if I can get eight to ten games a season, then I've done very well. But you don't want that. You don't want that reputation 
they, and that was coming from last season when we actually won one nil. They're yeah. saying that we were, we were the worst fans ripped out for ripping out the place in the championship. That's not good. I don't like that. No, no, no. Don't do things like that. Yeah, agreed. Don't yeah. don't do that. That's stupid. Um, if you want to boo, if you want to say Bruce out, absolutely I'm never going to tell anyone not to do it. Yeah. I'm just saying. But don't rip out tills. Yeah, I'm just saying. My opinion is it's probably not helpful in the main. But the one that, like, obviously people have got their opinions about Bruce. Fine. Again, I'm never going to tell anyone their opinions wrong. I don't like it when the fans sing we're. Mm -hmm, mm, I can't do it without swearing. Basically saying we are rubbish and chanting that oh, to yeah. the players because they can hear it yeah. during the game. And that was when we were 2 0 down. I think I don't like that. Because yeah. 2 0 you're still in the game. I. <sighs> I don't know Again, though. Can, on because Saturday, I can understand it. At two 0 down, we weren't in the game. I think you and I—it might have been when we'd just gone three 0 down—but we were already talking about. There's no way we're getting back into this because we didn't have an option. To we were. Mm -mm -mm. To be fair, <laughs> to I, feel, you. I feel like at one 0 we've said, "Uh oh, yeah. game over." Yeah, I think I can remember saying that actually. Because they Sheffield United played really well. They're a good side. Chris Wilder, great manager. We had a couple of people come up to us and say, "Chris Wilder is one of the best managers." We've had. I think that was in the YouTube comments actually, um, and and they play really nice football. They play little triangles. They're well organised. They're strong at the back. They're good and fast going forward. And in every area of the game that they they beat us to it. At one nil down, it already looked like we were in trouble. I think you said, "I'm not sure how we're going to come back from this." And then at two nil down, we really did look poor. And it goes back to fans being able to to voice their opinions quite literally. And, and they chose to do that. I I agree with you. It, how can it help? You know, it doesn't. It, it can't help. It's not going to inspire anybody to play better if, if your own fans are chanting how, how terrible you are. But you've paid your money. You're entitled to do what you want. But don't rip out tills. Don't rip out tills. That's our main grind. Yeah, like, don't, don't get in trouble. What's the point? No, we did see one guy, didn't we? Try and fly headbutt a Sheffield United fan after the game who'd shouted 4 1 at the camera yeah. while we were doing fan cams. And Is that the reason that he tried yeah, to get him? Yeah. Oh, right. And he just fell on his face and cracked his head open because yeah. he was hammered. Yeah. Again, not great, but it is what it is. I, I feel like mum and dad telling you what not to do, but don't rip out tills. That's all, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so if you've taken the tills thing, read to heart. I don't like crime. No. That's, that's what I don't no, that like. That stems from your time on the bill. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't like crime. You found out quite. Oh, Dan Rollinson found Dan out Rollinson quite didn't a lot know about that, did he? Yeah, appeared on the bill once. I think you've definitely said that in the podcast before. Got arrested. We might have had some new, yeah, listeners since then that didn't know that story. And I still, as I said in the car, this bit obviously didn't make the video. As did much of the garbage we were chatting in the car didn't make the video. But it's a terrible piece of casting, putting you in as a cream. Terrible. I was but in you a, did justify it to me. I was in a youth gang, and as a former judoka, I uh, <laughs> a judo <laughs> what's a judoka? A judo player. <laughs> a yeah. judo player. Well, what do you call it? You call it a judoka? A judo man. A judo man. A specialist. A judo fighter. A specialist in judo. Yeah. Well, I was one of those. <laughs> a judoka. That's <laughs> like a water pistol. <laughs> judoka. Judoka two thousand. Anyway, I had Sorry. the skills. Skills for combat. And uh, they still got those skills. Oh yeah. I would not. I would not have fancied you. Two yeah. times bronze medalist, mate. Bronze. <laughs> you didn't even say bronze properly. Bronze medalist. <laughs> right. Can we get back to Sorry. the football? Got to, I know. I don't want. I'm fed up talking about it. One person that we didn't really talk about on Saturday on the way home was uh, Codger. I don't think he cut a pretty uh, frustrated figure and I felt a little bit sorry for him in that everything was going wrong for him behind the scenes it got to the point 60 or 70 minutes in where he visibly wasn't trying anymore and, and that's where you don't feel sorry for him but it, compared to the early games where he's found a bit of success and this comes back to playing weaker teams he found that success well Brentford aren't a weak team are they he scored two against them that's true. Yep, fair enough. Um, he didn't have the service. He didn't. He didn't get into the game at all. It was just ineffectual. I've had some. I mean, I've, at the time, I remember feeling a little bit sorry for him. But now I've had some time to, to digest what happened on Saturday. And I do think he doesn't offer a. Fo he wasn't offering a focal point at all. Right. As a lone striker, I don't think he was doing the things that a lone striker should do, which obviously then doesn't help the rest rest of the team. So if you've got your goalkeeper struggling at one end and your lone striker struggling. At the other end, it's not good, is it? No, no, it's so not good. You two, either end of the pitch, it, it's not good. I just, I was face too. He's too deep. You've got when you're alone. I mean, you know, the other thing in his defences, I said that this in the video on the way home that 
He's playing against three centre-backs, so he's got no chance anyway because there's no-one anywhere near him. Like, Grealish is the player you'd expect to be playing close to him, and he's playing closer to the centre-backs. Mm. He's going too deep to get the ball, not, probably not through his own fault because he's not getting the ball, so he's, he's hungry to get involved and get, get in the game. The Sheffield United fans didn't like Grealish, did they? No. No, no, no. But, I mean, that, that happens a lot. It's a compliment. Doesn't it? I mean, Grealish is obviously the most fouled player in the pre- in the Championship last year. I wish Premier League. Um, if you've gone to Spurs, he's probably been the most fouled player in the Premier League. But Sheffield United, when we were... Um, we were waiting outside the bus when the players left the bus, and one of the Grealish got off the bus, walked into the straight into the stadium, and one of the Sheffield United fans, oh, he managed to make it without falling. Comedian in the front yeah, row. very funny. Um, but obviously, Grealish does go down a lot, quite rightly so. Um, and, you, and you don't like the smack on the floor. I do don't you? like the smack on the floor. If I'm being honest, like Grealish is a great, great player, and absolute world talent but when when any player whacks the floor and they're they're rolling around and then they get up again it's just kind of like that just takes away the legitimacy of the foul because there was a foul there you don't need it if you're actually hurt stay stay down if you're not hurt go down and then get up again yeah i probably agree with that yeah to be fair yeah so you can smack the ground if you're genuinely hurt yeah is that so kind of the tom julian playbook <laughs> definitely okay if you ask tom robinson who is the master of diving is he, it yeah he, he loves it he's, he's very south american and very flamboyant uh, he does like the old south american football doesn't he? i've seen him go over on in five aside on like gravel really to just just to uh just to purchase the foul I can't imagine him being a, a tricky player that gets fouled a lot he's not very tricky no, he he's not very down. good he, he just, just goes, goes over okay. <laughs> but he's excellent excellent value he, that, that's where he makes up for it um, one player that wasn't booed and, and came over and clapped the fans at the end was, was Conor Hurahan who came on way too late uh, 60, 65 minutes gone I think uh, when the game's already gone um, played well got, got Villa playing a little bit better if you can put it down to one player. In, in right midfield. In right midfield, so playing out of position again. And add another one to the list. So that, I mean, that's the frustrating thing, isn't it? But So we've got a few comments here. Uh, Carl McKeon, Connor being dropped is again poor management. Should we play Grealish at number 10? Uh, McGinn and Connor, Bjarnason sitting in the middle. So with he's no going dive. easily yeah. like the narrow diamond. Yeah. That? Well, trouble is we've just signed two wingers. Yeah. That's going to... How do you fit everybody in? Another yeah. one another one for Hurahan, super villain. I feel that dropping Hurahan has been one of our problems so far this season. He knows when to press at the right times and tends to seek the forward pass. I also think he offers a nice balance with Grealish in the midfield. We've talked about this. Yeah, I've said that a number of times. Yeah. I mean, can I just say I don't think there's any way McGinn should have started on Saturday? Yeah. He did not look fit at all. And Bruce said afterwards that there was five players, was it, that were carrying knocks? Yeah. I find it strange that he's even admitted that to be honest, because you're making a rod for your own back, admitting stuff like that. You can't play nearly half your team injured, especially when you've got valid replacements on the bench in like Neil Taylor for Hutton, who is one of the ones carrying knocks, Connor for McGinn. Codger, you can understand him playing him because we're very short on strikers at the, at the current time, but I thought that, I thought that was strange. It was, in general, I found that strange post-match press, press conference well I've got the I've got the uh, notes here from the post-match uh, so this is Bruce I've, got, I've moved on there we were, st- we were talking about the Connor stuff weren't we do you want to is there anything else you want to say about Connor because well, I feel like we've said it all before he's a quality oh, player he scored loads of goals for Villa there was a few people who didn't value him last year and I think those people may now see what we've, what they're missing well he played the first game and we won 3-1 and then since then we've not we won the Wigan game, obviously, but he came on and got the assist. We haven't won since then. We won the cup game where he scored. We've not been winning. Yeah. And that was the theme of last season. When he came out of the team, it was always only for the for the odd game. But when he came out, we never won that game. And I just think he does a lot of the unseen stuff that goes completely unnoticed. Like, is it Supervillain that says that he, he closes at the right time? Now, McGinn's a younger player. Mm-hmm. He's got. He's only really played in Scotland, so he's got. He's got a lot to learn. He, he looks a great player. Yeah. He was injured on Saturday, so I'm not going to hold that performance against him. And he closes down a lot, but does he necessarily close down at the right times? I'm not 100 percent sure because he seems to be leaving his position mm-hmm. to close down. Whereas I feel Connor closes down at the right at the right times. I, I still think you've got to, You can play all three of them because, as I say, we're playing with a designated defensive midfielder, and we're still getting mm. bashed. Yeah. 
So when he's not in the team, we don't tend to do well. Yeah, I totally agree. Let's go on to Bruce's post-match then, because I want to get away from this subject as quickly as possible. I mean, have we got anything nice to move on to? Uh, no. No, uh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little bit of news. Um, so this is this is from Steve Bruce. This is my message to the fans. I understand your disappointment. Like I said last year, with the big changes that we've made and the big changes we've made this year, we will get better the longer it goes, I'm convinced. We nearly got there last year. Is there anybody better? The fans will probably say yes. And if that is the answer, then so be it. That really frustrated me. That is not the right thing to say as a no, manager. No, I'm not keen on that. Myself... I agree with him that I think we will get better, and I do think when he when he's got all the players that he's dis- disposed. I mean, I'm not using this as an excuse for losing on Saturday at all because, I mean, I can, you can take losing, can't you? Yeah, it's the way we lost. Definitely was, was not good. But I do think once Palassi and Abraham in there, like I talk about that focal point, Abraham will offer that focal point. I think he'll score a lot of goals for us. And I think Palassi and Al Ghazi on the flanks with the dome are filling in for either one of them when needed. I think I think we'll do well. Going forward, and we get Jack on the ball, hopefully, mm. as well. So we will get better. But even when we got better last season, we still always had it in us to just go on that little four or five game run where we didn't really pick any wins up, which cost us. So what? So that says to that says to me, if we get if we get better, I think we'll still have losing runs. I think we'll be top six. I do think we'll be top six. I think we'll get there. Yeah. And as I say, I think things will will get better, but it's whether that's good enough, whether that's the target, or whether automatics is the target. Yeah, it's kind of whether you stumble into top six or you... I mean, we were comfortable last season in the top six, weren't we? Yeah. There was never any danger of us falling out once we got there, I didn't feel. No, you're right, but we still didn't... <sighs> but then would you back us in the playoffs? Yeah, exactly. Do you... Do you... Do other teams fear us? I think that's the question at this point. Obviously, Sheffield United don't. Uh, Brentford were very close to taking three points from us. Um, are we going to go to Leeds and Leeds go, oh, no, Villa are coming today. We, we could be in for a game here. Or are they going to go, oh, do you know what? Here's another one. We're going we're gonna to smash this. And you shouldn't judge that on one game. But we talked about it last week on the pod that we hadn't had the performances. No, the performances aren't good. But I can't defend the performances at the moment. I can't, they're not good. And the the league table kind of reflects, again, what we talked about last week and what I was trying to say in that, Although we were fourth last week, our performance hadn't shown that we were fourth. If no, you, if you're certainly in, not fourth anymore. And now we're twelfth because one loss changes changes everything. And it's also close. So by the time uh, international breaks over and we play Blackburn, who also got battered four one at the weekend, um, we could be we could be back up there and com- competing again. But it's like you say, is that enough, or is there an underlying problem here? Uh, have the fa- have the players as well as the fans kind of turned? on the manager and on, on the coaching staff and does a change need to be made? I don't know. We, yeah. we can't answer that. We, we don't know. What I will say, the signs weren't good. On Saturday, I, did, I felt like the players were a bit antsy. They were they were getting at, getting at each other and it didn't strike me that they were playing for the manager in that particular game. I've never felt that before, but that's just, I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. What I saw, that was what that was what I was seeing unfold on the pitch. I mean, you can see in the goals for column, 11's not bad. No. It's three less than, than Leeds. Two more than Middlesbrough, who was who was sitting in second. One less than Sheffield United, who've just scored four past us. Hull City also yeah. scored eleven in twenty first. No, no, by the way, have they? No, that's against against Tom. Oh yeah, you're looking down the wrong column. Oh, I was yeah. just coming on to that. <laughs> you can see where the problem is because we've shipped eleven goals, oh, right. and Hull City are twenty first, and they've shipped eleven goals. So it's obvious where the problem is. Yeah, and I don't see at the moment without bringing anyone in that we've got the personnel to rectify it. He can do things to change it that will make it a bit better. I'd like to see Delac given a go in the team at right back to be, to be honest especially if he's persisting with El Mohamed at right midfield which I, I now don't think he will be but Elmo or Delap I'd like to see rotating at right back people don't like Neil Taylor he had a really bad season last season Hutton hasn't looked right without John Terry next to him Neil Taylor had to play on Saturday yeah uh, he should have played if, if he's I... not playing then he's not going to play is he ever Bruce, Bruce said that Hutton was one of the players that had been on the treatment table all week You've got a ready-made right, uh, left back in in Neil Taylor. Play him if if your if your first choice left back, which is Alan Hutton at the moment, isn't fit. Play Neil Taylor. It felt a bit like he was cutting his nose off to spite. I've used that saying a couple of times now. Cutting his nose off to spite his face because he clearly didn't really want to use anyone that was involved on um, 
that was involved in the Burton game. Yeah. Neil Taylor he's, was one of those. He said that. He's yeah. basically punishing those players who he has absolutely hammered mm. in the post-match on, on Tuesday. But we've then got to get hammered in the league. Well, and, a, and those players didn't play well. A point here would be that Bruce basically said, I wasn't ready to reward any of the players that played at Burton because they lost. That's oh. fair enough. But we talk about... Laugarzi and Twanzebe played at Burton for a start. That's, I mean, that's fair. We're talking about... A, a manager who doesn't have faith in his players. Is it any wonder that some of these players maybe don't have faith in the manager? Well, the one thing that Bruce has... Well, two things that Bruce has been good at since he's been here. The defence and man management. Suddenly it feels a little bit like all is... Well, it's definitely not well with the defence. Yeah. But it feels like all isn't well in the dressing room to me. Yeah. At the moment, that's not me scaremongering. That's just from what I saw yeah. on, on Saturday. Some of the noise that's coming out in the media with, with the Doma as well, which I'm sure... We'll come, we'll come on to, but if someone like Neil Taylor, who I know from his time at Swansea, he's a big voice. I'm imagining he's a reasonably big voice at Villa as well in the, in the dressing room. If he's not getting a game when Alan Hutton, who isn't a left-back anyway, he's not trained all week, that's it. that will say to Neil Taylor, right, the manager's got absolutely no faith in me yeah. whatsoever. If I'm not getting picked now, I'm never going to get picked. So that will, he'll lose his morale. If he's a big voice... In the dressing room, it, it breeds onto the other players. When things are going well, confidence breeds and everyone's in a good place and training's a great place to be. But if you suddenly get a few noises from... Now, Neil Taylor's not popular with the fans, but he might be popular with the players. If you suddenly get noise from that kind of player, then it, that, that spreads. Yeah. And uh, there's, there was a point, uh, I think it was either 2-0 or 3-0 down, and Conor Hurahan and Neil Taylor were warming up together and just having a little chat. I think I said to you, I would love to know what they're talking about right now. Well, I don't think they were talking about what they're going to have for dinner in the No, uh, but no. it would be fascinating to know exactly exactly what they think. They're but... playing each other in the international break, aren't they? Oh, yeah, of course Wales they are. Island. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I saw an interview with Chester today on Sky Sports News. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Working hard with you. Well, I'll have a lunch break, mate. It's working from home today. Yeah, sure. Um, the win for Sheffield United takes them up up to third, only a couple of points off the top two. Uh, Der- Derby won again, um, and as did Brentford and Bristol City with a team that smashed Blackburn, so they make up the top uh, six. It is too early to judge in terms of the table. Bruce has set the 12-game target, hasn't he? Which, yeah. again, is a dangerous thing to do, giving yourself a target, because we're there, if we're then not around the top six come 12 games, he said, judge me then. Yeah. So again, he's giving himself problems, possibly. The problem is there that fans have had a, enough time to judge Bruce, and I like they, and they have essentially a lot of the Bruce. I don't think the Bruce out. I, I've read a lot of comments today about, and we'll come on to John Terry in a minute. But about if if Bruce is able to bring in John Terry, does that then give Bruce more time? And I, my, I was about to type a response to someone, and I thought I'd talk about it tonight instead. One sugar. No, thank you. Right. Um, is that if Bruce does bring in Terry, and it works, and we go up, then that's great. That's absolutely yeah, fine. I think some of the Bruce out contingent contingent. Thank you. See Bruce. see that as a problem. Like if John Terry comes in, then it doesn't really matter what the result is because Bruce is going to stay and that's not the end goal the end goal is promotion do you know what I mean I've never sat there at Villa and thought I want us to lose today because I don't like the manager yeah never ever thought I'm worried about that a little bit you support Aston Villa so you want them to win as many games yeah as possible and for them to do as well as possible I guess some people have now at the point where they just think Bruce isn't going to get us up this season yeah so that's their prerogative but if you're sitting there saying I want us to lose no yeah, that's no, not for me. Well, it doesn't sit well with me. No, of course it doesn't. Well, let's talk a little bit about John Terry then. Uh, there are the rumours circulating. Uh, sporting in Portugal, their new new owners. It's bizarre, didn't, yeah. yeah. I didn't really get what that man was. I didn't even know if he was a new owner. I didn't really get what he was he, from the article I read. He basically thinks that he. I I think he's new. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but he's basically said we're going to announce a load of new signings, and one I've spoken to personally is John Terry. Um, I mean, he does like Portugal. Sure, he's always there on holiday. Yeah, yeah, but that's it's kind a good of life, John Terry. I know you're not a big Instagram user. I'm not. A His life Instagram looks user. great. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go and play football at this stage. Place His life just looks brilliant. 
He's living the dream. Yeah, well, yeah. there's talk of him going to sporting and there's also talk of him coming back to Villa. Now, I don't know whether that's born out of desperation from Villa fans or whether Bruce has actually picked up the phone and said to the owners, we, we need to make this decision. I'd imagine that's happened. Yeah. For sure. So, do you think that the owners are interested in that? I it, don't know. It, it then... I mean, we're... I can't see it happening. I'm really conflicted tonight because... I want John Terry to come back because it's the only way that I see things being rectified in the short term. Maybe. But then, but then, sorry, then we sorry, that's my fault. We continue driving down this short-termism yeah. road, but we're also kind of down that because we've got rid of a load of our own players and brought in loans again. We're we're stuck in a kind of constant cycle of short-termism. I look at our centre-back options at the moment. I mean, let's face it, John Terry isn't going to come and be back up. No, it'd be him in Chester again. So that then leaves. Where's Twanzai? Because we all thought he fitted in as playing alongside Chester this season. I don't want to see him at right back because I don't think it's his best position. I don't know how he played in defensive midfield against Burton, but it doesn't sound like anyone really came out of that game with a good rating, so he probably didn't play well. Yeah. So you then bought him on loan for the season. Where does he fit? But I look at the defence at the moment, I think he's crying out for John Terra. Mm. Absolutely crying out for him. And the changing room in general. Oh, yeah, well, we don't, we don't, I mean, we're speculating about the change room, but it doesn't, you don't get the feel from the body language on Saturday that all is well. I didn't. No. So he'd come in and immediately, like I'm saying about negative stuff rubs off on people, he'd come in and immediately galvanise, but then I've seen a few people say on Twitter, the manager should be able to do that. Yeah. Maybe he has, I mean, a lot of players are away in international duty, but maybe he has. Boosted the morale. I don't even know if they're back in training yet, actually. Because the international break, I'm imagining the days are a bit scattered. They're probably not in yeah, every day, get so. a chance to get away and get a break. Although, it's not long back into the season. No, it's, it, it feels a weird one, this one, doesn't it? I mean, even if we don't get John Terry, there's other centre-backs available on loan who have played at a high level. So, someone like Hooth. I think Basong. There's another one as well, James Collins, who I didn't really like at his peak. Mm when he was at Villa, but I think we definitely need something there. We're short in numbers and we're short in quality mm. there at the moment. And as I say, if Chester's looking ruffled, we're 100% need another centre-back in. Yeah, a few people were talking about Patrice Evra as well, bringing in as a left-back. No. No? Time's no. over. Time's over. He's on the, he's on the um, sofa now, isn't he? Commentating. He's not. He's past it. Yeah. He's past his best. From what we saw last season, John Terry's not past his best. Well, he hasn't played for a long time now. Mm. A few people were saying towards the back end of the season he was not the same player as well, but he had a little injury at the end of the season. Yeah. He was in and out of the side, but in the main last season, you have to say he was phenomenal. Rich Griffiths, uh, should we believe the recent rumours JT could be returning? John Terry isn't the saviour in the playing sense. I'd prefer him to come back and manage the team. What are your thoughts on that? Again, that's a, a people won't like me saying that, but that's a risk. Never managed anyway before. Well, I kind of see him as a halfway house, really. I, I wouldn't see him coming in to manage the team, but I would see him as being a kind of coach, coach slash a player coach, and being Bruce's man, being Bruce's man to turn this thing around if it needs turning around. I think we've put ourselves in a position where we need him, mm. and he's in a good bargaining position now to get what he wants from from it. If he wants a certain amount of wages, if he wants certain assurances, I think he's in it. He's the one in the in the good position. I think at this point now, Aston Villa needs John Terry more than John Terry needs to come to Aston Villa. Yeah, so Stake, uh, no, not Stake, <laughs> well, Stake says when John Terry ste- uh, slots back into centre-back, which I think is bold. He's uh, bold. Do you think he will drop Twanzebe and play Elmo there? Um, and do you think he will keep Jednak in the starting lineup as they both seem to be his favourites? He's got favourites, Bruce. I mean, I suppose all managers yeah. have favourites. I think Mourinho's... Got probably not a good example of a manager at the moment, <laughs> although they won at the weekend. He's got favourites that, like, they're in trouble. Who does he turn to? Felina. Yeah. Comes in, and that's pretty fair. They won. They won two. Now, all managers have favourites, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I think if you're playing well, you keep the, keep the shirt. If you're, not, if you're not playing well, you come out. But it doesn't always feel like that. At Villa, to be honest. Yeah, Bruce, um, Bruce, Spruce, 82. You can see why you got that wrong. Yeah. Would you take JT back if it meant Steve Bruce staying uh, in the long term? This is kind of what I was talking about before. Or no JT with the potential of Steve Bruce being replaced in the near future. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. No, um, I shouldn't would, be. No, I would love to see JT come back, Villa to go up, and that would be absolutely fine. Let's just say... Bruce is going to have to do something because he will be in trouble if 
if results like that happen on a regular basis, he'll obviously be in trouble, and he knows that. I guess the 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 time is so critical now is because you have two weeks. If you get a new manager in, it kind of felt like it might happen the start of the week if it was going to happen. Then. I never felt like it was going to happen. No, but if it was yeah. going to happen, then... It's not happening now, is it? Yeah, and you'd have to have someone in straight away. That's another question that will that a lot of people have said. Uh, sorry if I haven't mentioned you by name, but who do you replace? And I, I agree with a couple of these comments that Dean... Dean Smith probably wouldn't take this job right now. Um, I think he probably would, as I, I said before. I think I'd be very... Well, we'll, we'll never know. But he's got a good thing going on at Brentford. Um, HP Wilco, one for Dan. If JT was to return, what squad number would he pick? As Codger now has 26 again. It's tough. It's big. 37? Big news. Former Colin Calderwood Six, number? 62. 60, yeah. Backwards. I understood. Yeah. <laughs> Someone keeps, I think it's Dave on Twitter, who seems to be quite well informed. He keeps tweeting JT12. I've seen that a couple of times. AVFC92, Dave? No, no, no. Huh. Doc3, Dave. I don't know what he's, I think that's his username. He keeps tweeting JT12, yeah. as if he knows something. And then he's not really following on from that. I mean, let's face it, I've been the biggest Twitter ID guy in Aston Villa history. That's true. Two out of two. Man, I don't know anything. Well, about John Terry at the moment. So. That, that means that there's nothing to know. Um, Matthew Davis, let's finish with John Terry on this one. Do you think our de- defensive problem problems will be fixed if Terry comes back? It certainly can't make it worse, I don't feel. You do feel like the manner of the defeat wouldn't have happened had John Terry been in the team on Saturday. Yeah, That's how, that's how I feel. Because he was just lacklustre all over and he wouldn't have that. But mind you, should anyone be accepting that? Probably not. No. I don't know. Tired. Tired. Tired of that Villa performance. Tired me out this weekend. Yeah. Nice to feel tired now talking. I feel drained talking about it. Yeah. Well, let's come out, Let's come away from the... Unless there's anything else you want to say about Sheffield United. Well done to Sheffield United. Yeah. And uh, a lot of really nice comments, actually, on our videos from Sheffield United fans. Yeah. As well. A couple on fan cams as well. Couldn't bring myself to watch fan cams. No, <laughs> to, I haven't to, watched to it be, To be honest. <laughs> no, we're not helping our own channel get views. Oh, uh, OK. Well, what about Burain Gowry? What were you most disappointed with about the Sheffield game. I, I'm going to start, I'll give you a couple of minutes to think about it. I think Steve Bruce's comments afterwards really riled me. Um, just the way that he said I wasn't going to give any excuses and then rattled off maybe four or five. Um, that just really frustrated me and pushed me further towards the kind of Bruce outside, um, which I don't want to be. I want to be behind the manager, but he's making it very difficult at the moment. I think my worst thing would be the fact that with 3 0 down at half time, we don't make any subs. Mm. as I said if you're not making subs then when are you ever going to make make subs yeah and then obviously we can then concede within five minutes great very frustrating Um, since the last podcast Tammy Abraham joined which which is good that completed your ITK uh Double, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, double, double. Two which, trophies in the cabinet. Which is very good. 26 goals at Bristol City a couple of years ago. Didn't have quite a good a time last year, but um, a proven championship player. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, if you've scored 26 goals in the championship, you've done well at that level. So he's a signing I wanted all summer, even before I knew we were in Freeman, was one that I'd earmarked that I would have really liked to have seen. Felt a bit like a pipe dream especially at the start of the summer. Mm. But he's a player I just really, really like. And I, even when I watched him play for Swansea last season in a, in a struggling side, he never stops making runs. And I feel that he suits the way Bruce plays football more because Hogan never stops running, but he doesn't necessarily suit the style of football that we play. Yeah. Whereas Abraham, I think, will, because he can hold the ball up, he can win headers. So I think he'll be a great sign. He's got a good relationship with Jack Grealish, which I think will help. Grealish will like having him around the place. It's another with a mate. Yep. Him there, I think they'll they'll link up well. I can see him, Balassi, and, and and Abraham linking up really well. I think that's encouraging. Dino saying if uh, Codger and Abraham both have the same amount of time on the pitch, who would score the most goals and who would be best for the team? Can they pl- uh, both play at the same time? And if they can't, who misses out? A lot of questions there from when, Dino. When you're saying who's who'd be best for the team. I don't want to slag Codger off too much because I do like him, but he's the, the first. Like when you th- say his name, not the first thing that like doesn't pop into your head is team player, mm. isn't it? You do see him as more of an more of an individual, capable of absolute brilliance, a, a great, great footballer. Yep, Codger, although it didn't happen for him on Saturday. I just think Abraham will suit us more. 
Well, it'll be interesting to see. He's still got to take to the to the whole thing. And um, you saw when we had Grabben, who felt you felt like he could do a bit of everything. We were better. And again, I think Abraham can probably do a bit of everything as a, as a striker. He's played a lot of games for someone so so young. I think he's only nineteen. Is it really? Isn't it? I think he's about sure he's only nineteen. Maybe twenty. Right. Maybe twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> he's still in the England under twenty-ones. Anyway, he's in, he's in their squad. Yeah. I mean, that's a bit frustrating because you sign a player and he's away. Yeah. And he's only going to come back a few days before they crap. But he will one hundred percent start on the next game. One hundred percent. Be fair. You can almost get, I think, to twenty-three and still be playing for the twenty-ones, can't that's you? Because if you start the tournament, then you can play up until the end. But yeah. obviously, he couldn't be. He has to be under twenty-one to start the tournament. And this is what we're doing now. Yeah. So, yeah. a, a useless we've, point we've, from we've me. We've dwelled on that. Yeah. Uh, a little update on Yannick Balassi, um missing the Democratic Republic of Congo's international with Liberia, still struggling with an injury. I think Bruce said that he was expecting him back after the international break, as in expecting him to be ready to go. Again, he'll be straight in that side. Yeah. First game back, him and Abraham, they'll both be in. So, May lead to Elmo going back to right back. Yeah, and, and Albert Adoma into the wilderness, potentially. Not necessarily. You could see him playing the left-hand side, possibly, instead of El Ghazi. I should say I believe that Adoma was actually injured on um, on Saturday rather than not playing because his head wasn't right. I believe okay. he was injured. All right. Good, good. Thank you for clearing that up. No worries. It's like the little bit in the paper where you... I'm going to tell you what, mate, it's 45 minutes. Wow. And we haven't covered... Half your notes, sir. Eh? Well, there's only a few few left, really. Uh, I wanted to touch on Christian Perslow, who was at the game on Saturday. Probably wasn't overly impressed with his new acquisition. We saw him, didn't we? Yeah, uh, yeah. the CEO of Villa. Um, an interesting background, former managing director at Liverpool. Kind of a, a split reputation there. Uh, a lot of fans, a lot of Liverpool fans didn't like him because he had arguments with Rafa Benitez. He was quite... Um, Purse strings centric, should we say? But he also had to work. Christian purse strings, <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Very good. I didn't like the way you made eye contact. No, with me. <laughs> I didn't like it. Um, I couldn't see it. Uh, I've rattled you. You've absolutely thrown me. Um, he he also had to work under pretty terrible ownership. Is the other side of the the. Um, Liverpool argument so it'll be very interesting he led a couple of the biggest deals in Chelsea's history a £900 million deal with Nike and a £200 million deal with Yokohama tyres as well so I mean that's when he was director of sponsorship I think at Chelsea so he has uh, I mean excellent calibre coming in he's going to own a small percentage of Villa as, yeah, as yeah, part of his, a part of his um, package so I'm quite excited to see what he has to do. I'd love to speak to him. Love to know. Uh, I mean, he's obviously a very smart man. Went to Cambridge. Went to Harvard. Um, I'll leave that for you to organise. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, that would be great to to sit down with him and, and speak speak with him and see what his vision is for the club and and how he fits in with the owners and all that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I must admit this is more your realm, isn't it? I'm, Nerdy I'm realm. Pretty useless with with stuff like this. Although I should say about you being a nerd that your hair's getting a lot of love. Yeah, the new hairstyle. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Hannah, my wife, is uh, not a fan, so it maybe shows what she knows. <laughs> I hope she doesn't watch this one. I'm going to point her towards 40, 46 minutes, 35 <laughs> seconds, see what she thinks of that comment, because she must be hormonal being pregnant at the moment. That's a bold statement. She, she's just entered the third trimester. Don't talk about it. What are you doing, third trimester? Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, oh, she's a nightmare. No, she's, she, she's been amazing, to be fair. I'm not going to get into the soppiness of it, but she's been very, very good. How long are you off now? I, I, I must ask you this every time, <laughs> and I never keep it in my head of how long it is. November 24th, due date. Oh, yeah, we've got... Oh, no. I do, I do know around where it is because we've got the, the baby shower yeah. that I wasn't going to go to. Yeah. Tom invited me to a baby shower last right. week. Oh, go on. Do, do you not want me to tell Do you want to get into it? Well, yeah, let's get into it. It's interesting. Fed up talking about Villa, mate. Right, OK. Let's talk about something else. So Hannah said to me, oh, my sister wants to organise a baby shower. I was like, absolutely fine. Yeah, go go ahead. And she wants to make it boys and girls. Like, what? <laughs> and so and that was my reaction when you told me so, about it as well. Yeah, my first call was like, Dan, well, you need to come. If I'm getting dragged into this, you I'm need to sure come. Why I have to? I don't. When I have something bad going on, I don't drag you with me. Oh, you tend to. Do yeah. I? Yeah, you drag I'm me to Sheffield United. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's happening. We need to find a venue though. At the moment, oh, we're struggling. God, you're leaving it late. Yeah, yeah that's sorted. Well, that's a month and a Villa bit. Park. So the ticket holders get a discount. 
fancy your fancy the trek to Birmingham? That's true. Because originally when he invited me, he told me it was the day of the QPR away game. And I was like, Tom, I'm not coming to a baby shower. <laughs> That's a good game in London. I'm, I'm 100% going to that. Which I uh, wanted to go to too. And you weren't going to go, were you? But then he got moved to the Friday. Yeah. And then you still can't go. Well, that hasn't been confirmed. Well, you're no chance. I told my mum about it. I was speaking to my mum last night because uh, my mum and dad came to the last QPR game. I remember it well. And uh, Did you up there? <laughs> uh, it's the rest of it's on blur, <laughs> and uh, and my mum was like, "Oh, don't fancy that again." Oh, really? Yeah, she, she didn't enjoy it. I think it was you. No I think, way. I think you put her on. No way. It was Absolutely. not. It's, it's not a nice place to go. I, I, I said this, this last. You can week. go to Westfields afterwards. Westfields nice. It's not. I hate Westfield. Westfields. All Westfields are horrible. They're too busy. No, They're too I went crowded. on Sunday. I had a great day. Oh, unpleasant. Went to the cinema to see Christopher Robin. Very enjoyable, by the way. If you, even if you haven't got kids, if you've got the chance to go and see Christopher Robin in the cinema, I highly recommend it. This podcast. Winnie the Pooh was unbelievable. Winnie the Pooh put in an unbelievable performance. I um, I'm, I've put, I've bought some little Winnie the Pooh postcards for the. From my son's room. I love Winnie the Pooh. Why postcards? Because they fit in the frame. So you're like Christopher Robin then? I highly recommend it. Do you? Go and see it. It's brilliant. Right, okay. I was tittering all the way through. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> all right, we were talking about Christian Purslow. Sorry, it's moved on to Winnie the, the Pooh. Um, anything else on, on Christian Purslow? I mean, as I say, I've done no research into him whatsoever, but he's worked at good clubs, so I'm hopeful. And they've taken, to be fair, the new ownership's taken the time. In appointing the CEO, which I can only presume means they were determined to find the right person and would have done a lot of due diligence. Yeah. So. Chris Chris Masters, what should new CEO Christian Perzo's first task be this week? I kind of feel like that's leaning towards you want us to say to sack Steve Bruce. Um, I, th- it I might think not be. You assume. I have poor, assumed. Poor Chris Masters. That might not be. What are you asking him? It's a genuine question. It's a, re- it's a reasonable question when we've hired a new CEO, CEO Tom. But I have no idea what his first job would be. No, not me. Sort out the canteen. I mean, his first job was to come and watch the Sheffield United game, that so rugby start. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure whether we'll ever get a chance to speak to him, but if we do, that will be excellent because I think he'd be a very interesting man. And I'm hopeful that he'll share his plans either through AVFC uh, on the on the website or, or on an interview or something like that. But it'd be nice to know what, it, what he thought. It's unusual that you've not heard anything from him. Mm. Like we've hired a new CEO. We haven't really heard anything. Yeah. Because there wasn't even a quote from him, was there? No, nothing. It was all from um, Eden's the ownership. Yeah. There was even a quote from Dodd Sony, wasn't there, as well, yeah? Yeah. Interesting. Um, right. Last last couple of bits. A, a lot of this we've, we've kind of talked about already. Um, regardless of what happens, this is from Tommy B. Regardless of what happens, I think uh, Bruce is gone at the end of the season. Somehow we've developed a win or bust team again, loans slash Terry. Uh, I'm not sure how Terry's been brought into this already, but I guess the fact that we need Terry. Um, I might just have a check. Now that, now that the dust has settled from the weekend, whether we like it or not, we have surely just got to back Bruce, but uh, only for this season, question mark. Is that kind of... I mean, that's is that a fair thing to do? We Are we... Uh, I know this is wrong before I even say it, but are we should we be back in the manager and trusting in the club and are just putting our putting our support uh, regardless of performance, just chucking all our support. Oh, you should always support the team regardless, the team. and the majority of Villa fans do that very well. If it was a new manager, then you'd probably the time thing carries more weight. It's obviously he's been here for coming up to two years hmm. now, so he's not a new face there would have been people that didn't like him didn't want him to begin with there'd be people that have developed it over last season when we've had bad runs that don't want him and obviously there'll be people that would decide that he's not the man for the job because we didn't go up last season which again is everyone's prerogative anyone can do what they like but I'd be, the way it's going at the moment I, if we don't go up then you would think he wouldn't be here next season Although I probably thought that last season yeah. as well. But obviously circumstances were a bit difficult over over the summer. The summer was a very ropey time for Aston Villa Football Club. If we if we went up, I'm not convinced that he'd be there either. So yeah. Yeah, well there's a there's a few questions here. Woody H three two one, Steve Deakin, uh, Stephen Owen, Daniel Delaney and Villa Minimum, just to name a few uh, of you guys on Twitter asking who would you bring in if Bruce were to go and I think I don't want to get into speculation we can do that we've got a couple of weeks now uh, with the international break so maybe we'll, we'll talk maybe a bit about that in the future potentially but there has to be a backup plan I think that's the bottom line you can't just 
sack him and then have 10 days of nothingness or, or, or searching for someone. You have to have the contingency plan to go through, in when, my opinion. When we sat to Dimitao, it took a while to... I think we all pretty much knew that it would probably be Bruce, but it right. did take a while. That took a while yeah. to get announced. If I recall, I don't really like speculating about yeah. who I bring in because I think it's disrespectful to the manager. Mm. It's already there. That's just how I how I operate. Fair enough. Mark Parry, are we turning into West Ham fans? Uh, we were dead before the buyers saved us. Now some of us think that we can walk the league. We need to get behind the players if they had to have any confidence. Look at Crystal Palace. That place is rocking win, lose or draw. I do like the Crystal Palace atmosphere. It's great, I must yeah. say. I really want to really uh, go. We can hire that out for the baby shower. Yeah. It's a bit of Dolan. He's friends with Steve Parish. I mean, it's beyond my budget. But, uh, yeah, but Dolan might be able to pull some strings. That's true. Yeah. Although, again, I'm going to dig Dolan out here. He knows that I love Christian Benteke, who is going through an absolutely torrid time mm. in front of goal, by the way. And he said to me last season, <laughs> oh, I'll take you down to Selhurst. We'll do the we'll do the corporate stuff. I'll sort it out. My big pal, Steve Parrish. I'll get that sorted for you. So I kept waiting for the call to come. Never can. And then midway <laughs> through the season, I was like, oh, what are you doing today? Dolan's like, yeah, going to Crystal Palace with the missus, who he's told me a number of times hates football, but he takes her to Crystal Palace. And I spoke to him the other day. He's like, yeah, I'm taking my nephew to Sellers Park oh, for no. his birthday. I'm like, where? <laughs> my invite? You promised me to go meet Christian Benteke last year. I mean, I sound like a child. You do. But... Promised, <laughs> promised me last season. Breaking promises to me, Dolan. Oh. If you're listening, Dolan, which hopefully you do, you can't just listen to it when you're on. Oh, he there. definitely listens to it when he's on. Oh, I listen to it all the way through on a loop before he, go, before he goes to bed each night. To be fair, his voice, voice is quite soothing. Mm. Actually, that would help you go to sleep and some of the drivelly talks right. as well. Matt Collins, this is uh, uh, the penultimate question. I have a two-year-old son. I live near Heathrow, not far from where we are. Yeah. Uh, should I nudge him towards Villa for all the obvious reasons, or is that cruel and unfair given my sufferings? Should I let him choose himself, bearing in mind this probably means Chelsea, Arsenal, Fulham or Brentford? Brentford. No, no, no. You could, you don't let them choose choose themselves. Yeah. That's my, what happened to me. And look at me. My child has to support Aston Villa. Yeah. When I have them, if they don't like football, fair enough. But they still have to say they support Villa. Yeah. But I had no choice when I was a kid. My dad. I mean, luckily for him at the time, Villa were very good. No. So it was an easy choice, and all my friends supported Villa. So I always wanted to support Villa anyway. But I've got this problem living in London. That if I ever have kids, and you're obviously going going to go through this. I don't want him to support a Cockney team. Mm-hmm. I want him to support Villa. So it's, it's a difficult one, but you've got to make the choice for for them, Matt Collins. Yeah, I'll, I'll come down. I live near Heathrow. I'll come down and have a word. Yeah, I'm, I'm acting like I'm a footballer that can go down and, <laughs> and persuade people to support Villa. Yeah, this two-year-old son just like it was a strange. Just, just man. like Jack Grealish coming around and, and asking him to support Villa. Um, uh, yeah, I've bought my my son to be a little Villa kit, so they're kind of stuck now. Yeah, I'll, I'll be doing all that thing. I'll have a little Hercules, a little Belle of the Lion. They'll have everything. Yeah, the villa room won't get past the wife. I wouldn't think, but oh, I bet it does. You had a villa wedding, pretty be, much. No, we didn't. <laughs> you we had did. The table names were villa. Table names, colour scheme. The colour scheme wasn't claret what, or blue. What colour was your tie? I haven't got a clue. It wasn't claret or blue, though. Are you sure? Positive. I mean, you were there. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I thought. I thought we had table names. I got the table names passed because we she. There wasn't really anything that she could say, oh, this means a lot to right. us, we should have that. So there wasn't anything that stood out, so Villa was like my thing that I was allowed. Was that it? Yeah. What, I don't think. What about I had a little Villa pin badge, I think. Right. Maybe yeah. Uh, last one, Lee P. Villa socks. No, I didn't have Villa socks. <laughs> my better. Is there anything Tom wouldn't put on a burger? Clearly not. Uh, if you haven't seen the. the uh, the away days video, the on the road video, then this makes no sense to you, but we had a burger beforehand. I had a bacon cheeseburger with onions and then tomato and mayo. I questioned something you said in the video, actually. You said about it being like a McDonald's burger. I'm not sure they put mayo in the McDonald's burger, do they? That's the special sauce, isn't it? Is it? I don't remember. I haven't had one for a long time. I've always thought that the special sauce was mayo and ketchup. Maybe it is. I've always just thought it was just ketchup with a gherkin in it. Oh, no, they have a special sauce. Okay, I'm yeah. going to find I'm going to Google that after this. Yeah. What's that? There you go. Uh, watch that, because it's, it's very good. Yeah. Not not that bit in particular, <laughs> but the whole thing was, was actually nice fun, burger, though. fun to do. I uh, would mind very much. Yeah. Yeah. Roller didn't have one, did he? No carbs, Roller. Did you know that? Well, we—I didn't have any cash, did I? So, oh, I had to, I had to spring only, for everyone. Only, only two of us could have a burger. <laughs> anyway, but he, he's on a no carbs diet, Roller. Oh right. So he couldn't have had a burger anyway, even if he wanted one. Did you not have a croissant in the car? 
I don't think he did. I think he just got us croissants. Oh, what a... I'm suddenly starting saying croissants wrong because you were telling me off for the way I was saying it in the car. Croissants. Croissants. I thought, I thought it was croissants. Oh, dear. Dear me. Right. Let's call it a night. Yeah. If you haven't watched those videos that we put our life and soul into at the weekend, I imagine people that listen and watch the podcast would enjoy it more than a casual viewer. Yeah. To be honest, I think it suits that audience more, but... Credit to Dan Rollinson for the job he did and the turnaround as well to get it all out so fast. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible that fan cams were done at half five, quarter to six, and then they were out by eight. In the, in the, did it literally? They were released while we were still driving back. Yeah, he was editing them in the car. But that's but yeah, great credit to him. And and yeah, all yeah. of the videos are very high quality production. Yeah, not ne- ne- No, never mind who's in them. But Rollo wanted me to pass on his thanks for all the kind comments about the editing. He, he doesn't get the credit he deserves no, normally, no, but there was a lot of praise and love for the editing and the quality of the filming, to be fair, Absolutely. on these videos. Yep. So, yeah, well done to Dan Rollinson. Well done to you as well, Tom. I enjoyed my day with you both. Despite, despite I had a lovely, time. Yeah, I had a a lovely time going up and it felt a bit sadder going down. Yeah, we had a good laugh, though. We still, I think we made the best of a bad situation and people still seem to enjoy the video, which is a good sign. Yes. Yeah, if you haven't checked that out, then make sure you're going on to do that. And if you're not subscribed to The Villa View on YouTube with your post notifications on, then do that as well. If, you li- this, if, the, if you're watching via YouTube, then give this video a like and, as always, comment below. I look forward to Cyberdon Blue's essay <laughs> yeah, at the end of every podcast. So keep that coming, please. Cyberdon done and yeah there'll be no I wouldn't think there'll be much content until the podcast next week unless anything major kicks off in the next week or so so yeah thanks ever so much for watching and listening and bearing with us tonight it did feel a bit all over the place it is late and we are coming off the back of a lot of content so yeah hopefully next time we do a podcast it'll be a, a bit more happier so up the villa up the villa sports social podcast network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.